morning, class. Hello, I'm Keith Moore. This is Faith School. Faith School is the place where our spirit is fed, our faith grows stronger, and we learn how to be overcomers. God didn't intend that we go through life beat down, overcome, defeated. But the way you live the victorious life, the scripture said, what is the victory that overcomes the world? It's our faith, our faith. And so faith needs to be fed. It needs to be exercised. It's not just automatic. And, and you don't just pray and beg God for faith. Please give me faith. Please give me faith. Uh, the disciples on one occasion, they said, Lord, increase our faith. And he said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would say. <laughs> and so we've been into that this week about what he's saying is use what you've got, even if it's the smallest. And one of the main ways you use it is by saying, and it'll develop. It'll grow. You keep feeding it. You keep saying, you keep exercising it, it'll just keep growing until over a period of time, what used to look so unreachable, so impossible, looks easily doable because all things are possible to him that believes. Let's pray and release faith to continue our study by faith. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the, the strength, the health, the resources Thank you, Lord, for all of uh, our partners that are such a vital part of this and sending this word around the world. And we ask you, Lord, to give us ears to hear it and show us how to put it into practice. And we'll give you the thanks and praise for all the results in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look with me in Hebrews 10 again in our great textbook, the Bible, on this series we're calling By Faith. Hebrews 10.35 says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. He said, verse 38, Now the just shall live by faith. Chapter 11, verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. We saw earlier in our studies that God is pleased with faith and he actually praises faith. First Peter says that our faith that's tried by, like gold is tried by fire, by the trials of this life, will be later on praised by God. Now that's an amazing thing. And yet, any good parent uh, is not averse to praising their children when they do well and they accomplish what they should. And how many believe God is the best father there's ever been? Well, if we care about him and if we trust him, we should seek to do what pleases him. And the way of living and functioning that pleases him is the way of living by faith. Now he goes on in this 11th chapter of Hebrews to give us example after example after example after example after example, 40 verses in this chapter. And um, many of them, like we said, are attached to other whole portions of Scripture. He'll just say, by faith, 
Abel did this. Well, we know if you go back to Genesis, there are several verses that talk about what he did. And the same thing with every one of these. In some cases, like Abraham, chapters <laughs> about how he walked by faith in the book of Genesis. And we had made our way down to verse 20 and 21 and 22 in Hebrews 11, where we see it said, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. The scripture says we walk by faith, not by sight. If you walk by sight, then you're always late, basically. You're always, it's kind of like the news, <laughs> right? By the time you watch the news, it's already happened. Uh, God is not late. Hmm? He's always ahead. He is the creator, not just responding to everything. And if you walk by sight, you'll always just be dealing with stuff that's already happened. But we are uh, children made in the likeness and image of a creator God. God doesn't just respond to what has happened. He creates. He shapes. He changes the future. He changes the present and what is to come. And you'll see that these individuals, these men and women who just like us, uh, the Bible even talked about Elijah was a man subject to passions just like us. We, we may tend to read them about them and kind of put them on a, a pedestal uh, and they are great examples. And yet, if you'll read carefully the scriptures, he'll tell you about their mistakes too, right? And you see, well, they weren't faultless. They made mistakes and yet they were able to recover from them and live in a way and function in a way that pleased God and caused miracles, amazing things to happen on the earth. And in this case, things set in motion that affected generations to come. And the Bible said Isaac and Jacob and Joseph did it, how? By faith. Not just, not just that God got them and shook them and this amazing thing overwhelmed them and kind of happened through them uh, apart from themselves, no. If you're doing it by faith, that means you don't feel, you don't see. Now, let's go back to Genesis, the 48th chapter that we were studying in on earlier lessons and see how they did this. Aren't we thankful for the scriptures? We don't have to wonder about what happened. We got a record of what happened. And it is entirely, completely trustworthy, this record. We saw in Genesis 48, the Bible said that Jacob, uh, when he was dying, he blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped as he leaned on his staff. Every word significant. This paints a picture, doesn't it? Here's an old Old man, when we say old, we're talking old. These guys lived a long time. He's old, so he's got a staff that he uses to brace himself and walk. And he, uh, 
he's leaning on it and he is laying hands on Ephraim and Manasseh. And the Spirit of God directed him to put his right hand on the younger one. <laughs> and Joseph, their father, said, oh, no, no. But basically, you know, you got your hand on the wrong one. He said, no, I know it. I know what I'm doing. And uh, notice Joseph didn't treat him like a child. You see sometimes uh, uh, adult children treat older parents uh, as children. And that's a big mistake. It's a lack of respect. Of course, um, sometimes people act childish. I know they do. But uh, the Bible said, honor your father and mother. And there's a promise that comes with that. Didn't say they had to earn that. This is not about them deserving or meriting certain treatment or response. You don't always have to respect everything a person in a place over you says or does because uh, they're human. They can make mistakes. You must respect the place or you wind up not respecting God who gave them the place, who put them in the place. And so uh, notice that when, uh, uh, when his father said, no, I, I know what I'm doing, uh, that was it. Joseph backed off, right? And Joseph is essentially the ruler of the biggest empire in the world. You got to remember who he is. At, at this time, Pharaoh told him, he said, only in the throne am I greater than you. Gave him his signet, gave him, <laughs> gave him the second chariot in the empire. Joseph, if, if you want something done in the kingdom, if you need favor and help, you don't go to Pharaoh. Pharaoh's not available. And when all this came down about the famine, and they said, you know, every, th there's no crops for s uh, seven years. Everybody spent all their money. What are we going to do? Pharaoh said, see Joseph. And so Joseph is, uh, he, he's one of the most powerful men on the planet. That's a long way from the dungeon, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> And one thing about Joseph you'll see, because we're talking about him, he's a faith man. You remember when he was a boy, God gave him dreams. And his dreams got him in trouble with his brothers. Because uh, they already saw that he was daddy's favorite. Daddy made him this special coat. And Joseph had a habit of tattling on his older brothers. And that doesn't make you any friends either. And uh, so you know the story that they planned to kill him. And uh, the older boy said, no, you know, let's just put him in a pit and leave him. And his plan was to go get him out later. But while this was transpiring, a caravan came through that was headed for Egypt. Now, isn't that coincidence? <laughs> now, God had a plan here. Egypt. What if they'd have been going somewhere else, you know? And they sold Joseph as a slave to the, these people that were taking people and merchandise to sell in Egypt. And an Egyptian named Potiphar wound up buying him. So you talk about a change from being daddy's favorite boy, <laughs> right? 
to being a slave, somebody's property, like a cow or a horse. And, um, but God's hand was on Joseph. Have you read it? God's hand was on Joseph, even as a young man and as a slave. Uh, God gave him wisdom, and he was a master administrator. And so Potiphar turned some things over to him, and he saw everything he turned over to him ran like a clock, multiplied, prospered. He'd take $50 and turn it into 1000 So what are you going to do with a guy like that? You're going to turn everything over to him, right? And he did. And man, he was, he was a, the Bible said he was a prosperous man. Joseph was in part of her house. He's a slave and he's rich. <laughs> do you know God can bless you anywhere? Is that right? No matter where you are. Don't, don't say, well, yeah, but you don't know what country I'm in. Well, are you a slave? <laughs> are you somebody's property? I'm telling you, God can bless you anywhere, in any situation. You know, and it was, everything seemed to be going pretty good. I mean, he had really recovered from such a bad thing until Potiphar's wife lied on him, and he wound up in the dungeon. And the thing is, though, uh, at one point, he came in, you know, if you read the rest of the story, he did the same thing there. He began to manage the prison. And, and the, the master of the prison turned everything over to Joseph. Do you see a recurring thing? Yes. Turned everything. Why? Because he got the prison running like a clock. And, and everything's going good and, and developing, you know, for a prison. And, uh, <laughs> and then uh, the Pharaoh's butler and baker got sent there and had dreams. God gave Joseph dreams and he gave him understanding of dreams. And then uh, eventually that's what got him out, you know, is that Pharaoh had a dream and he sent for him to come and interpret his dream. But we know that even though Joseph was in prison, he hadn't lost his faith. And one reason I say that is because uh, the psalmist actually said, until the time of his word came, the word of the Lord tried Joseph. What does that mean? He, uh, people say, I tried that God stuff and it didn't work. No, it tried you and you quit. <laughs> no, uh, the word of the Lord is, is unchanging, though people are changing. On one occasion it said that Joseph came in and saw the butler and baker and said, why are you all so sad? Why are you down today? Well, he's been there for a long time. Uh, Joseph has. Why isn't he down? He's in prison, but the prison didn't get in him. And even though he's shut away in the dungeon from sight, he hasn't turned loose of his dreams. That's what the Bible's talking about in Psalms. He held on to that word God gave him in the dreams when he was a boy He's still holding on to it. And now all these years later, he's the, the effective ruler over the biggest kingdom in the world. And his father's here laying hands on his boys. And the, he has seen the dream come to pass. He literally saw. They didn't know who he was. But he saw his brothers come in and bow down in front of him. He saw his father and, and them come, the family come. And of course, they're He's the ruler in Egypt. He saw it come to pass. 
And so it's not surprising that when it comes time for Joseph even to die, he remembers what God said about the exodus of the Israelites. And this is so significant, these are recorded in Hebrews 11 for us. Can you say amen? Amen. I know that's quite a bit of detail, but did you mind? (laughs) Uh, Genesis 48, and if you look down about verse uh, uh, 20, it said, He blessed them that day, Jacob or Israel did, blessed the two sons of Joseph, and said, God make you as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he said, Ephraim before Manasseh. And Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I die. But God shall be with you and bring you again to the land of your fathers. Now, do you see another reason why Joseph was the way he was about the departure? I mean, God said this to Abraham. Abraham uh, said it to his son, Isaac. Isaac told Jacob. Jacob told Joseph. You're not going to stay here. God has given us all the land of Canaan, and you will be coming out of here. Even though I'm not going to see it, my time is up. The word of the Lord will come to pass. How many think this should happen with us and with our children and with our children's children? We tell them what God said in his word, and we tell them what God said to us about our family, even specifically by the Spirit. And then they tell it to their kids. And then they tell it to their kids. Is that right? And then even, you know, if the Lord tears his coming. And we didn't see all of that come to pass that the Lord tell us. We're still convinced it's coming to pass. And even as we breathe our last, we speak blessing over them and say, I know it's coming. I'll see you on the other side. (laughs) And you die in faith. Everybody say die in faith. You have to just live by faith, but you do, can you get an inkling that we do everything by faith? Is that right? We eat our cornflakes by faith. We tie our shoes by faith. Is that right? We drive by faith. We study by faith. We sleep by faith. And yes, perhaps one of the greatest tests of our faith is when it comes time to die. Hmm? Because you've never done that before. Right? <laughs> this is a new experience. Uh, and um, for those of us that are, are believers, the scripture tells us um, that we won't even taste death because Jesus tasted it for us. And that the second death, which is final death, spiritual death, has no power over us. We won't experience it at all. It won't touch us. You'll come out of your body like a hand comes out of a glove. And you won't turn into an angel. That'd be a demotion. <laughs> Bible said we shall judge angels. And you won't turn into somebody else. You'll be you. Just like you are right now. And you'll have your mind. You'll have your memories. Hmm? And you will not cease to exist. You just transition out of the body to the next thing. And the Bible tells us later on, we're going to pick up this body after the Lord has glorified it. Praise God. And it'll be able to keep up with our spirit then and never subject to corruption or death. 
So we see that uh, Israel uh, died in faith. In, ver- in chapter 49, he called all of his children in and he spoke over all of them, all the sons of Israel, who are the fathers of the 12 tribes of Israel. And uh, some of them he spoke some not so complimentary things and, and others amazingly good things. And uh, he spoke over Joseph down in verse uh, 20. Two, he said, Joseph's a fruitful bough. Verse 25, he said, the God of your father, he'll help you. Almighty, bless you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lie under, blessings of the breast, blessings of the womb. The blessings of your father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors unto the utmost bound of of the everlasting hills. They will be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren. That's a blessing, (laughs) right? And he's doing this right before he dies, and he's doing it by faith. Oh, somebody say, blessing Blessing. by faith. faith. Verse 28, it says, all these are the 12 tribes of Israel, and this is that their father spoke unto them and blessed them. Everyone according to his blessing, he blessed them. And he charged them and said, I'm to be gathered to my people. Bury me Now, let's just stop right there. He didn't say, I'm about to go into oblivion. Hmm? It's about to be lights out. No. Uh, You know, um, the Bible said in Jesus' time, there were religious people, the Sadducees, who didn't believe in spirit or any existence after life or any resurrection, anything anything like that. And one of the things that Jesus told them, he said, you, you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. There's a lot of people in that boat. <laughs> don't know the scriptures or the power of God. He said, the, the scripture, it's written that God said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He said, he's not the God of the dead. See, if these, if these people are dead and that was the end of them, why would God still be saying, I'm the God, I am. Hmm? <laughs> I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why? They still exist. And he's still their God. And he's still with them. You know, my loved ones that have already gone home to be with the Lord, that their bodies have died, I don't refer to them in the past tense. I don't say, for instance, you know, my my grandmother was a good woman. She still is. You understand that? My, My dad, I cared a lot about him. No, I care a lot about him. Their bodies are here and and passed away, but they are not gone. It wasn't lights out. They just transitioned, went to some some other place. And this says, gathered to your fathers, gathered to your people. When you leave this body, you'll depart and go to be with the Lord if you're a believer. Now, not everybody goes to heaven. You must be born again. But if you are and you depart and go to be with the Lord, you'll also see your relatives. They'll meet you when you come. And you got relatives you didn't know you had. 
you got great, 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 grandpas and grandmas you never met. And you're going to like them. You'll meet them and you'll go, wow, I've got your nose. We, you know, well, that's where you came from, you know, physically. And, and so uh, gathered to your fathers, gathered to your people is a phrase you'll see in the scripture. And it's real. It's real. He said, I'm to be gathered to my people. He told them where to bury uh, his body. In verse 33, get this now. Are you looking at the scriptures class? Yeah. Uh, 4933. When Jacob had made an end of commanding his sons, he gathered up his feet into the bed and yielded up the ghost and was gathered to his people. Somebody say, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. God Was gathered to his people. Now this is the way to go. You know, the scripture said in Numbers 23.10, don't turn there, but the latter part of Numbers 23.10 says, let me die the death of the righteous and let my last end be like his. There is a death of the righteous and there is a death of the unrighteous, death of the ungodly. The psalmist said, wicked, uh, bloody rather, and deceitful men will not live out half their days. And the scripture says, there's no peace to the wicked. Uh, Brother Hagin, my father in the faith, used to say, he said, if the Lord tarries is coming, all of us will live out our life, and, and you may have to go through the gates of death. He said, you don't have to go through the jaws of death. Now, what does he mean by that? Look at this godly man here. He is not uh, incoherent or unconscious. He, he's not full of uh, pain medications. Can you see that? He, he's not racked with agony and pain, delirious. He's old, but you know, he's functioning. And he calls all his sons in. He braces himself and and, and, and raises himself up in the bed. He speaks over all of them by faith. And then he pulls his feet in the bed and says, bye. <laughs> and his spirit leaves his body. That's the right way to go. Isn't it? That's the death of the righteous. Everybody said out loud, let me die the death of the righteous. Let me die the death of the righteous. And let my last end, my last end be, like be like his. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. And he did that how? How, class? He did it by faith. Well, that's it again for the class today. Let's make our confession. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. We'll see you next time.